You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What's up? What's up, everybody? Like clockwork, we are back. Smoking word, always brought to you by CasaTheRock.com. You know the deal. Support the movement and tune in every Wednesday on Patreon.com slash the smoking word for the hard corner and get all your 411 on the weekly underground movement. So big shout out to Maxwell Kendrick and Vanessa Dos Santos for holding me down and shout out to my whole Patreon family. Anyway, this week, one of my favorite bands, OG in the game. Let's get it in for Mike Judge. Let's set this shit off. Welcome, welcome to the Smoking Word. Welcome, welcome to the Smoking Word. Yeah, you hear me? You hear me? Yeah, I hear you good. Yeah, well, finally, finally, welcome to the motherfucking Smoking Word. Now, that's off the top. It's pretty funny to me. The Smoking Word podcast, where one of the guys I've been waiting for, one of my straight edge fucking (laughs) warriors, the one and only Mr. Mikey Judge. I'm, I'm happy to finally get you on here, brother. I've been waiting, bro. You know, I, you know what it was. You were, they put you through the podcast um, meat grinder, so I was like, let me wait till it. You know, you get a little bit, di- you know, it dilutes a little bit, and then I'll come grab you up. Yeah. <laughs> How's everything, dude? It's good, dude. It's good. Working. Yeah, man. I'm up in Albany now, working at Merch now. So. Are you living up there? Yeah, you yeah. living up there, right? But yeah. You weren't you living like in Jersey for a minute or for a while, right? Yeah, I was there pretty much my whole life, and then uh, when everything went to shit, I lost <laughs> my job and everything else, and eventually lost my condo and shit. And uh, we were so, just bumming around in the woods of Jersey, and then Steve and Kate invited me up here to work. Yeah, I remember. I know kind of when that was kind of going on because I was kind of like in touch with everybody who's kind of figuring out the next move and all that shit. What I was wondering is, so you originally you were always a Jersey guy, right? You were that's where you were born and all that. I know you. Oh yeah. You were near the tri-state. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was in Twaco, Montville area, so it's like twenty minutes away from the GW. Yeah. So we were we were close. We were in the woods, but we had access. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's it. It's funny how that works. That's why it's definitely one of the things why New York hardcore was special because you had those elements for a big city that was built around. You know, you always saw the the squats and the rats and the Mohawks, but yet a lot of those elements were woods. People like you and people that came from the outskirts that just happen to like like to wild out. Yeah, in the gutter. You know what I mean. Yeah, we started going. We were like kids, you know, 13, 14 years old. And we were just having a fucking hell of a time down the Lower East Side, you know. We are going crazy. Yeah. But uh, that's like when the scene was, like, changing over. There was still, like, the, I don't know, 
punk rockers, Max's Kansas City days. Yeah. Found out we we're from Jersey, didn't like us. So like, what are you doing here? Gotcha. It wasn't until we hooked up with like uh, the Astoria guys who were like mm-hmm. kind of like not a suburb, but yeah, more in line with what we were doing. You're like Dito and those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because um, that's kind of what us, what it was, you know, it was, you know, obviously, you know, I, I'm glad that we came up in the time that I came up, which was later than you guys, than you, exactly, not the Maxes, you're after the Maxes, and I'm like 88 later, way later, but I was glad that I still knew where the roots came from, but I didn't come from that punk rock shit, that part, and, yeah. I, and I don't say that punk rock shit in a fucked up way, but I wasn't a, you know, my punk rock for love for punk rock is like on one hand. And even them, it was like discharge who they're like a hardcore band. You know, they invented yeah. one of the, the inventors, but GBH, you know, and maybe two others. But in reality, I loved what uh, was regurgitated from all those influences and that I got to catch, which which was the bands like you guys, the, the you know, the, the sick of it all's the rest in pieces. The raw deal, which is my favorite band ever, you know, and um, right. But um, it, it's funny that you say that because I thought um, you guys sounded Judge sounded nothing like that punk rock part, which was a big plus for me. Yeah, I mean there wasn't much punk rock. I didn't have much to do with punk rock at all. I mean oh, I got oh. into it. I don't know. I got into like that early punk rock shit, just because where I was living there was only like a couple people. And uh, I was already an outcast because I grew up like fucking middle of the woods farm boy. Yeah. So I, I didn't get along with anybody where I was living. And uh, I was just looking for somebody to click with once I got into high school. Came across these, you know, four or five punk rock kids and just started hanging out with them. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny because, of course, we all know like early on, you kind of, you know, you have your go to, like, you almost, I don't want to say go to's, but like, you might, you gotta kind of have to like, or at least, you know, have it in your arsenal when you're coming up. Like, so there was a handful of punk rock, but you know, I gave it a try, but yeah. it was always like, I was like, fuck that. You kidding me? You know, AF is doing that there. The Chromags are doing that there. And Raw Deal is doing that there. Fuck that shit. I go, yeah. I want that, you know, like. Yeah. That's cause I was listening to like all that shit early on, like Sex Pistols, Clash and shit, mm-hmm. but. I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. It had nothing to do with me. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. until, like, I went to my first couple big shows, like Urban Plaza shows with, like, Kraut and shit. Uh-huh. Where I was like, wow, this is fucking awesome. And then finally went to my first CB's matinee where I seen Agnostic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, whoa. Game changer. I can do, I can do that, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was it. That was the game changer right there. Let me ask you something from being a guy from back then. And it's crazy because you were a little, little kid back then. So, you know, on top of you just being around back then and still around now, it's already a plus. And on top of that, you were one of the little kids, which was also a handful. You know, they were, but there was a handful of real little, little kids. You know, if it was you or, you know, Harley or or Freddie, you know, that come in little-ish, real small. You know what I mean? Like, we're all kids, but like, young kids you know yeah but, but let me ask you this because i asked stigma this question because i asked stigma once i go who was the band went back in the day that had a chance to like take 
you know that you know take the underground to that next level like in the early 80s and he and he looked at me and he told me kraut and i was saying uh i could see it because i know they had the all twisted video I, my brother used to check this out i was never into it because i was yeah. already kind of more into i wanted the more a little bit more gorilla shit but um what was it about them back then that stuck out, let's say, to compare to, let's say, oh, the Ramones or the Sex Pistols or whoever else was, you know, around back then in that world? I just think with Kraut, like, I remember the first time I seen Kraut was me and this dude. We went to, like, a, I don't even remember what park it was. It might even been Central Park. I'm not sure. There's, like, some rock against Reagan or some shit. Central Park. I heard about that. I heard. I think it's Central Park, and yeah. I heard about it. But I, uh, all right, now go so ahead. We sat there all all day. We had we were just little kids. We had no fucking clue of how to like figure out when bands are going to play. So we sat through so many fucking crazy fucking bands. <laughs> and then finally, Kraut comes on, and uh, they only played like a short amount of time, but it was fucking great. So I was like, "That's a fucking awesome band." And then not too long after that. These older kids from town were going to go see Kraut at Urban Plaza, and that was like my first official show. Show at a place, yeah. And uh, and it plus it was Urban Plaza, like the sound system was amazing, and fucking Kraut, they were just like nobody sounded like that. They were just like next level. Yeah, everybody says that, and I, you know, and it's funny because you know, and Matt Cool, you know, um, what's um the singer's name? Nice guy, you know. I met him, you know, yeah, all those baby. guys. Yeah, they great, nice, real nice dude, and um. And I always heard the name and always, you know, but I was, again, it wasn't my era, but I always was like, yo, you know, Kraut was always talked about in a certain yeah. way, which I was always curious about that because Stigma told me the same. He was like, they the ones who had a chance because they had the full package, I guess, at the time. I guess yeah. they were also like, they had a look, they had a sound, they were good, they were street, they were this, they were that, I guess, you know, they had the... Fucking Doug, man. Doug was an amazing, amazing guitar yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. Killers, killers. That's for sure. Now, let me ask you this, because i never seen them. On stage, were they all like a tight band? Like, Fuck you know, yeah. were they killers and shit? Fuck oh. yeah. I mean, there were, there were a bunch of bands that were good. Kraut was like at the top. Another band that sounded fucking, fucking amazing live was, was The Abused. Uh-huh. This, right. Like... They just seemed like, I don't know. I don't know if it was equipment or what, but they yeah. just sounded so much better than all the rest <laughs> of us. Equipment too, but you know what it is? No, there's a, you know what it is? Um, Even me coming up, that the, the, you you know, the, the metal guys were always the technical guys or whoever was the, not the underground dudes. So it was kind of taboo to be like, I want to do what they're doing. So, yeah. you know, everybody tried to dumb down shit, but there was people like that that I think were like, fuck it, let me reach out, and which I'm glad because if it wasn't for, for me, it wasn't crowd, but if it wasn't for um, Best Wishes and Leeway, I was like, finally, we could come out with full stacks. Even though I didn't have oh, a band yeah. with two guitars or whatever, <laughs> I was like, full stacks. Yeah, we, you know, come out with amps like the metal dudes got. And my whole shit was, even my love for metal was, you know, I love Slayer, Celtic Frost, Black Sabbath, you know, a handful. But I was yeah. like, yo, you know, hardcore bands need to sound better. They need to sound big. You know, fuck that. You know, we could do it like the metal guys, you know. So I always rooted for the, the, the metal geeks sneaking in hardcore, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, no doubt. It fucking it definitely leveled the playing field. But also, I know. So look at I know you coming up. Obviously, everybody knows you. You know, the, one of the straight edge fucking barbarians. That I bet you never been called a straight edge barbarian though. Never. First never. time here, First I gave time. it to you. You're welcome. You could have it. <laughs> New shirt, the straight edge barbarian, motherfucker. But anyway, I know you came up, and I know you had, a, you know, from hearing uh, uh, hearing on your other podcast. I know, like like a lot of kids. And not every kid in Argo, but a lot, you know, a lot of drugs in the house and people and just oh, being around, yeah. which either get because either brings you to that life or does the opposite. Yeah. You know, like with yourself. Um, what was it that didn't let you go that way? Being that close? Because it, it, it's a fine line. You know that, you yeah, know, yeah. and maybe you. Had a minute where you like, you know, as a kid too, that young, fuck, I would have done anything almost, you know? Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> the painful truth of it all is the way I grew up, you know, my mom died like super early because of drugs. My father really didn't want to have a kid around, so he just kept pawning me off to people. Yeah. So, you know, my father was from the city. Uh, Manhattan, moved to West New York, right across the, right across the river. And because he was like, uh, he used to race pigeons in the city. You know, it's like a fucking old school Sicilian dude. Oh, I know. Uh, Stigma I, flies pigeons. Yeah. So he would race pigeons and he kept taking them further out West to race them back to the city. And eventually he found where he, he built a house in Mobville. But the rest of our family was still in like West New York. So when my mom died and my dad didn't, my dad was like, work all day, wanted to go out at night, didn't want to kid around. He'd hand me off to my cousins. My cousins were, were fucking just junkies. Yeah. Like every morning, wake up, go with my cousin to a fucking methadone clinic, yeah. then go cop drugs. You know, I'd be, I'd be in the backseat. Well, eventually they taught me how to cook the fucking dope for them. Yeah. Many oh, nights yeah. I sat into a fucking movie theater in the Bronx while they're doing dope and I'm sitting in a couple rows in front of them. Yeah. It was just a mess. Yeah. Fucking hated him. Yeah, I don't believe. I fucking hated him. And uh, eventually my father bought a bar, so he was never around. And it, it you know, I was all fucked up myself drinking and shit. And, were yeah. you just were you just drinking or anything else? Just a regular like drinking or smoking a little or whatever or nothing. <laughs> I wish or you I was smoking. My cousins were like Skin popping me with fucking dope. Oh. You know? So I was fucked up. Right? I knew too much. By the time I got into school, I was like a wreck. Yeah. And uh, it was just all, everything was falling apart. I had no social skills, like nothing. I just, I hung out with myself in the woods. Yeah. And uh, I was just a freak. And then uh, eventually when I did find the, the New York scene, I was still doing the same thing. I, I would, we would just go and fucking drink and get loaded and go into the show and fucking have a good time, sort of. Until one night, um, the UK subs were in town. They were playing like a Wednesday night. No one wanted to go. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going. So I went by myself, hopped on the bus, Port Authority. How old are you so, now? Like 14. See, those were the days when... That 
exactly. I, I would do shit like that too. That yeah. was the age. Now I look at my son, thirteen. I'm like, when he goes to the corner store, I'm like, where you going? Facetime me. I'm like, you know, <laughs> fuck. I'm such a fucking pussy. But anyway, well, that's so. I I go, and I do the usual thing. I fucking I got like a bottle of like whatever. I don't even fucking know. Got totally fucking loaded. Caught a fucking beating really fucking bad. Mm. I, I don't know what I did to. I, I, I'm sure I deserved it. Caught it really bad to the point where this dude, Eric Casanova, I remember him like getting, getting me up and just being like, dude, what up? Yeah. And uh, I was like, holy shit, what time is it? You know, I was like, I got to, I got to get the one o'clock bus home. And it was past one o'clock. So I missed my bus home. Next bus is like, at like 530 in the morning. I got school the next day. My dad's rules were he didn't give a fuck what I did. Just make it to school so nobody calls the home and never bring the cops to the house. Those were my only rules. So I was like, I got to get to school. So I went to Port Authority. I fucking fell asleep on the fucking uh, benches. Cops came, woke me up. They thought I was a runaway. I tried to, I tried to get away from them by going into the bathroom. Maybe you kind of had to take a leak. Fucking cop comes in. He's telling me to fucking wherever I, wherever I'm from, go back there. Don't come back here. <laughs> Takes the back of my head and pushes it against the wall because I was ignoring him. And uh, when I finally get on the bus, I'm like riding home to the bus, and I I know there's like all like blood all over my face. I'm trying to scratch off the dried shit so I can go to school. And uh, it all fell into place on that ride home. I was like, you know, I got into a fight with this fucking big motherfucker who was like a man. Yeah. And I'm alive. This fucking cops fucked with me. I'm alive. Yeah. And when I got off in town, all the jocks who I used to be afraid of, they didn't look big to me anymore. Yeah, yeah. I was like, fuck all these guys. <laughs> Nothing can kill me. I'm yeah. fucking bulletproof. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was it. I was like, the reason that the reason I caught that beating is because I was loaded. And I just stopped. Now, okay, so that was the reason. Now, did you have straight edge in your in your projective or whatever the word is in your fucking you At know? At that in time, your, no. Yeah, okay, so it wasn't even. I didn't right. hear. It was like a little bit. Just around. I don't but know it, if I heard minor threat yet or not. We okay. had one of the older guys in town. His girlfriend was all about like pen pal and shit. Yeah, she was, was the first one to bring all the Discord records in. So maybe I heard the song straight edge, but it didn't mean anything to me. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. I was never, I was never a minor threat guy to begin with. Yeah, that's what was, that was my next question, you know, because I always felt that about you guys. Not that you weren't, but for some reason I felt like I was like, obviously, you know, the 101s, we all got, you know, I like minor threat, you know, but to say I like four or five songs, I don't call myself a fan like that. You know, go four yeah. or five songs I love. And you know, yeah. salute them, but I like judge. I mean, I, I seen Minor <laughs> Threat, but I seen I seen all the matinees. Yeah, not yeah, like yeah. A, it's not like oh my god, I gotta go see Minor Threat. So I let me get, ask I you, did you get, regardless? Did you you cat you, you got you were able to see Minor Threat back then? Yeah, I seen like a three or four times. <laughs> I like that face you made because every other kid would have made a face like they were busting a nut in their pants. You were like, yeah, I got to see him. You know, well, what I, I mean, he turned out to be a dick. Dude's okay, fucking, you know what? Gonna be a dickhead. Talk that motherfucking shit, and I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you why. I'm glad you said because 
I didn't want to say that to be a dick, but you know, you, you know, I'm glad you said something because recently I, you know, I met him and there was some really weird interaction when I was coming up really cool. One on one was pretty funny. I kind of even laid it on a little thicker to be, I said, let me get the pics. I was saying, long story short, and you tell me because I admit I wasn't around back then. I said, oh, you know, I play in a band, which I don't expect them to know Madball. That's not my point. I said, I play in a hardcore band named Madball. He's standing with his arms crossed. And I go, oh, I'm the singer of my band is Roger from Agnostic Front's little brother. And he's like, Agnostic Front. And he looked at me like, who are them? And I looked and I was like, all right, cut. I told my man, take a picture. He took a picture. I looked at him. When we left, I was like, I'll, and then went. I talked to Toby not to call to to long after, and I, I he could tell you what I what was the word I used, but I thought it was corny. But I'm glad you said that because I was like, you know, I'm more because I salute the OGs. You know, I, you know, I know where we come from, and you know, hey, and and also with a guy like that who um doesn't come around like that, you know, isn't you know, it was I was more psyched that he was in South Florida because I'm in South Florida now and the people that brought him out are good people, the hardcore kids doing it, you know, tattoo shops and they bring in the culture, you know, the real shit, you know, the real, you know, and I was happy for it. I go, wow, they don't, this doesn't even happen in New York. You know that, like, yeah. uh, 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 you know, uh, a meet and greet kind of thing with Ian and blah, blah, blah. I was like, it was a cool thing. That was a little bit of a bum out, even though I wasn't expecting to be like blown away, yeah. but it's funny you say that anyway. I mean, I, I never met him when I was in, uh, when, when he was in Minor Threat, but his Fugazi days, they were in fucking, they played Connecticut, like the Anthrax. And I had this buddy, right? He was, a, he was just a little kid when I met him. The bus stop from New York was on uh, this highway, Route 46, right? Right on the corner was this arcade I used to hang out at, Game Town. He was a little kid. Every once in a while, the owner would let him work behind the counter. So I, when I had just recorded the Judge 7-inch, I, I had like a copy on the demo, a copy of the demo. And it was all mixed down. It was like, this is what was going to come out. Stopped in the arcade. And he, I see he was like wearing Megadeth shirt, right? So I'm just like, you like heavy music here? This is my band. We're called Judge. Yeah. And I gave it to him. Ever since then, he was like, we've been, we've been brothers, you know? And he was a little at the time, so he's growing up. And he grows up in, in into like hanging out in, in New York and shit. And um, even when I stopped hanging out, he was still hanging out, and he would like tell me what's going on. You know, uh, you know, he's like best friends with Tavi, so he's like, yeah. so and so's doing this, so and so's doing that. So even though I wasn't hanging out, I knew what everybody was doing. I was hearing all this shit. But anyway, before that happened, he goes, he 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 wants to go see fucking Fugazi. Oh, I never got to, I never got to see Minor Threat. I got at least you forgot it. I'm like, you didn't miss nothing, bro. Come on. <laughs> but anyway, so I take him to fucking Connecticut. And he's all amped. Gazi's playing. And uh, he's, he's young. And he wants to dance. And these motherfuckers stop the show, single him out, point him out, ridicule him. And... and and I, I was like, I was standing there, I was like, yeah. <laughs> part of me just wants to fucking break this fucking guy's jaw for doing this to my fucking friend. Yeah. He's just a kid. I know. The kid, uh, yesterday the kid was like pleading with me to come see you. I know. 
I, and you treat them like this. Like I was so fucking, I, I was over it. Then something else happened. I'm not going to say later on with, yeah. my old, with my old brother, Al Brown, who's now gone. So I'm not going to mm. say anything. Gotcha. Gotcha. But like the look on Al Brown's face when this happened was like, he was hurt. And I was like, this guy, like how many passes does this guy get? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. There's a story I tell. I never told it on the podcast, but. Fucking Mike Judge is on, and you opened that floodgate. I'm glad you did because that way I don't look guilty. You know, you you could do it because I'm on, and, and people automatically assume because I always got theories with this. I got I, the straight edge. I w- I was at all the straight edge shows. I don't if it was hardcore and it was good. I was there. I didn't give a fuck. I never cared what was on the menu. This is what I always say. I never cared what was on the menu. <laughs> you know what I mean? But. Funny story, I'll, I'll say it. I'll drop it for the fucking everybody here since we're dropping that shit. So, Fugazi's playing on the west side. I forgot the name of the club. It's actually the club where um, Minus got stabbed and they had the amnesty shows. Oh, man, I forgot the name. Nice club on the west side. Fugazi's playing. So, we go to hang out. At one point, he fucking stops the show because they're, they're, they're body surfing. He's like, this ain't a hardcore fucking show. I did bop, bop, bop. And like, you know, Doing his bitter, I don't know what yeah. I don't even say bitter because the place was packed. I don't know why you bitter. Half the people there went because also the love of minor threat. Anyway, me and my boy are outside. We're just waiting, you know, let the show go out to hang out. And outside the entrance, there was a double door that's locked, right? I don't know what was behind it, but we're leaning up against it with our foot on it. You know, when you're leaning up against the wall, and I'm kind of like kicking it with the, the foot that's against the wall, and the door swings open. The door swings open. My boy goes, yo, check this out. And it's all switches. We look at each other. <laughs> and we hit every switch. Listen, the whole club goes black. We shut down the show. The whole shit. They come running out. Yo, there's a blackout. They see the doors open. We're like, we don't know. We're waiting for our friends. We shut down the whole <laughs> show. It was all the power for the whole club. So Fugazi had a little. Sorry, Fugazi. Fugazi. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but um, so you had the... Now, okay, so you 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 have that whole. Now you're on this shit, like y'all. I, you know this, this drug shit got me on some bitter against drug shit, or just loser shit, or whatever you want to call yeah. it, like meathead loser shit. I'm on this shit. I'm a. Now you, you you know, you're into hardcore. Now you're like, when you start the band, all right. You started first. Fit. You were playing with youth. Did you play with youth today or something? Right. You were playing with some other people before the band. Correct? Yeah, my first band was. Uh... Death Before the Sauna. Yeah, the, the OG Death Before the yeah. Sauna. Yeah, what what with uh, Mark Super Touch, right? Yeah. Shout out to so, Mark. So before Mark, I was a singer for Death Before the Sauna. All right. And I remember let, let we, him know before Mark. Shout out to Mark. You before <laughs> Mark. All right. <laughs> I was hanging. We were hanging out with Mark because we were friends with like Keith and mm-hmm. uh, Keith calls for alarm and those guys. Yeah. Big Randy from Nutley. We were hanging out with those guys, and Mark was our age, so we were tight. And uh, you know, we had met Roger and Vinny. Vinny was like, he just took us under his wing. He's like, he's, he was like, we got to get you. A, we, our, the na- All right, the fucking name of the band at first was called Future Confusion. Uh-huh. Uh, that ain't bad. That's pretty good. That ain't bad. Whatever, whatever it was, it was. Vinny didn't like it. <laughs> Vinny was like, you, you guys are the new hard. We gotta, we gotta get you a better name. You know, and. Uh, the new hard, well, that's hard. So he from like, him, I would have been gassed up, ready to kill people. Yeah, he, he, he was like, he was like, uh, 
you know, you need a drummer. So he's like, I'm, I'll get you a drummer. So he got us Billy Psycho. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> oh, Billy I Psycho. remember him. Go so he got us Billy Psycho. <laughs> and, uh, and he liked us because we were different, right? We were coming from New Jersey. So, you know, we came in, we had heads, our heads shaved, we wore sneakers because that's just what we wore at home. Yeah. When the jocks were fucking chasing you, you better have sneakers on. Yeah. And you shaved your head because you didn't want them grabbing your hair when they're when you're scrapping. Yeah. And uh, so he loved us. And he was like, we're, I'm going to do this. We've got to change your name. Going to get your drummer. He got us Billy. I don't even remember how we came up with Death Before Dishonor, but we decided to call it Death Before Dishonor. And, and like, so Agnostic was like putting us on all their bills. We were opening up for Agnostic wherever they played in the city. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> So I think we played A7 once with that lineup. And then we're going to play A7 again. And it was getting to be our time to play. And we couldn't find Billy. So we go outside and we're like, hey, has anybody seen Billy? I'm like, I think, he, I think he went in the park. So we walk into Thompson Square, right? And we're looking for him. And we see him with this chick <laughs> on a bench. It's dark. Whatever he was doing, he was doing both. I remember we walked out. Me, it was me and Mark Ryan. We walked out of the park and we're like, this ain't going to work, man. Yeah, we <laughs> don't know. going to work. So I was like, you know what? I'll fucking learn how to play drums. You sing. And and that's what became Death Before Dishonored. I played for all those years and then eventually turned into Super Touch. So I was with that band first. Changed the name to Super Touch. And then that's when they asked me to join Youth of Today. That's when you did that Youth of Today run. That Yeah. That burnt you, that 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 that, right. that fucking that led you into oblivion for a while. Well, I mean, I mean, we played a lot. We had, but we would go, we would go like out to the West Coast, and take two weeks to play like a show. No, I know. Back then it was rough. It was rough, man. And uh, and and I gotta say this: I always heard this from if it was Europe or the States, it was always. Youth of Today or one of the, the straight edge, if it was a guerrilla business, but a lot of Youth of Today breaking those early grounds of like going out west, going to Europe and doing the long tours and like, you know, basically um, being guinea pigs for a lot of us. And yeah. I always heard about the early tours, was, especially Youth of Today doing, you know, some of those runs that you did. You know, I've heard about, I remember hearing about them as a kid. Yeah, like that, that fucking, that breakdown the walls tour was just like, just seemed to go on forever and all this just bad shit kept like our van got broken into all our equipment got stolen all my clothes got stolen we just keep marching on our van breaks down in florida we get we get jobs working in a fucking junkyard to pay for the parts just keep marching on it was yeah. like it was hell and, that, and uh i was just and we were still catching so much shit too like all like the fucking max and rock and roll people like same shit and i was just like you know, every that, that band was like positive this, positive that, but I didn't come from that. I I was like, these these dudes deserve it. These dudes deserve to get smacked. Oh, positive, positive, positive. PMA, PMA. Everybody like their PMA, and I was always FAB. You know? Yeah, positive mental attitude. Fucked at birth. That's yeah, it. and I just wanted to get back at these motherfuckers. And so by the time I, that's how Judge came about, I was like. I was like sleeping in the van to guard it while it was being worked on, and I was just like, I want, I just want to start my own band, saying my own shit. Yeah, more of a, a payback 
fucker yeah. kind of. Yeah. Instead of turning the other cheek, it's more like snuff you in the other cheek, you know? Yeah. I just want to fucking get, get, I had a bunch of shit I want to get off my chest. Like the whole judge thing wasn't even supposed to be a band. It was just supposed to be a record that came out in Schism fanzine. It was just me and Purcell. Yeah. I was just going to say a bunch of shit and close the book on it. Now, now when, when you did that record, now again, you see for me, like, um, I had my own little issues later on with the straight edge thing, where it became, you know, the, it's funny because we being the meathead side of it, but everybody was a meathead at, back then. So that's was the oh, hard yeah. part for me. Cause I was like, I never, I, I remember going to a show and somebody saying uh, way later on, Oh, we're going to a straight edge show. And I was like, what do you mean a straight edge show? Cause I'd go to a hardcore show and there was a straight edge band, an yeah. oil band. You remember how it was back yeah, then? Yeah. It was whatever. And then I remember they were like, oh, I'm going to a youth crew show. Now, I don't know if they had them before that, but I had never heard that when I was a kid. I was like, because I seen you today instead. I would go to, if it was a hardcore show, I was there. I was there. I didn't give a fuck. I was like, yo, I'm yeah. there. And then when I heard that, I was like, and then I remember later with Madball, somebody telling me, oh, you play tough guy hardcore. And I'm like, it's all tough guy hardcore. Like, it's all, <laughs> you know, it's hard Core, it was the hard, it's the hard cousin of punk rock. And, you know, I'm like, do I have to give you, you know, anyway, when, when, when you went early on there on that, was it a conscious effort to be like, we're going to put out a more metallic record? Cause you were saying you're more rock than that, than punk rock. And the other guys, youth of today was known for still having a heavy old school punk rock feel to them in a way. Like they weren't swaggy. They yeah. were swaggy and dress and, you know, and style that way. But the music was them doing an older style. That's what I always took. I was like, man, they do the old style with swag. Well, that's and, and that's the reason I want I, I love them so much and joined them, because at the time, like uh, at the end of Death Before Dishonor, at one point, everything was like really turning metal. Oh, and okay. like, so it was turned like Death Before Dishonor was even doing like a Iron Maiden cover, you know, it was like, yeah, it's getting crazy with it. And then, uh, you know, we kind of break up and shit. And then Mark Ryan's like, hey, man, there's this new band and they play like old school hardcore. Let's go check them out. And that was used to today. So it was great. But when it came time to like to do Judge, I was like living in Williamsburg at the Schism House. And like Al Brown and Purcell, they would go into the city to go to work. And shit, and I would just sit there like uh, with a bass, trying to write songs for this fucking thing. And uh, so I had their two record collections, right? these mm. immense record collections. And so I just fucking nonstop listened to like the Last Rites demo, and like the first six Black Sabbath records, you know, <laughs> up to up to Sabotage. I draw the line of Sabotage. Yeah. You know? And uh, that's what I wanted. I wanted like. I wanted Last Rites, SSD Control, and Black Sabbath Volume 4 mm. come together and try. But I didn't know how to play guitar yeah. or anything. I was just, I would just fumble around the bass listening to music. And then Cell would come on and go, hey, man, what does this sound like? And he'd like work it out. And that's how, that's like, how like, that first record got done. Yeah, like when that, I remember that record came out. Not that I wanted to hate it, but I was like, oh, you know, but let's see what this is about. Like, like, let's see. And then I was like, holy fuck. I was like, damn, you know, like it was it was, you know what it was? It was the first hard straight edge record, period. 
And when I mean hard, we all know that, yeah, hard. Uh, Break Down the Wall is one of the hardest straight. I love that song. Yeah. But we're talking what we know is hard. I was like, this is a f like the next version of you guys is Earth Crisis later. But I've uh, taken the hard and the and the and a message to the next motherfucking level. That's crazy. Let me ask you this about you, because this is something that I, I'm I'm learning and I didn't know. And I wasn't sure. Were you vegan uh, and into that whole part also early on? Or did that come later? Vegetarianism or all I mean, that? We, uh, when I was in Utah today, it was like. You were forced to be straight as yeah, we I had, mean, I mean, vegan of we vegetarian. Have, we didn't have we didn't have money to buy our own food. Yeah, <laughs> so that's that's it was different. Just like, you made like you made like five bucks a day band fund or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it was easier just to put it together and just make one bulk meal. Yeah. I mean, we we're barely making gas money to get yeah, yeah. from place to place. So yeah, so that's the, I mean, and I stuck with that for a while, and then I. And then I switched and then went back and switched mm -hmm. and went back. I've never was vegan, but gotcha. But you were vegetarian, gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, you know, people also forget that angle. That's an, an angle that came from a, 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 the 80s, where not everybody who was straight edge got into it just for the movement, for the animal liberation part of yeah. it, which is, I, I back it. I'm back anything. I back anything that people get passionate about. And it's not fucking up my movement. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't go for it. Go go nuts. You know what I mean? But I was like, people forget that, that some people are like, like, I also had met the reverse, which bugged me out. I remember being in Salt Lake City, and this was many years ago, and I ran out of weed. And I'm a weed smoker. Everybody knows that. <laughs> but I'm like, and I'm, I'm saying to myself, okay, I'm in straight edge heaven. This is where all the straight edge people die and go. They go to Salt Lake City. You know, I, you know, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? And I go, you know, vegan. I'm hearing vegan now. at the time. I automatically assume vegan, straight edge, all in one barrel. And I go, I get out the van to be an asshole. And I just go, who got weed to be a dick? Just yell it. <laughs> and a guy he's standing kind of literally like in the alleyway. It's so funny. I see this white kid like like he looked, you know, very hardcore down. He said, yo, you want some? You need some weed? I got some. I was like. Oh shit! And I'm and I go right away excited. I go, yo, man, cool. I go, wow, I'm bugging out. You know, I'm in Salt Lake City. You know, and it's vegan. Everybody's like, yeah, I'm vegan. And I'm like, what? I go, wait a minute. He goes, he goes, yeah, but I'm not straight edge. I just don't eat no animals or whatever. I was like, but ain't vegan straight edge? And I go, I learned something that moment. I was like, uh -huh. I always threw it all in the the goody two shoe pile. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Like the all right, but um. No, but I back that shit, and, and but I'm saying that's bugged out because um nowadays it kind of goes more in hand in hand. Like everybody that's straight edge, not well, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot. If they do say the word straight edge, they're usually on top of that vegetarian and whatever. So yeah, it's pretty bugged out. And then let me ask you this: with the seven inch, th now those songs, who wrote those songs? That the Warrior song. Let me tell you, because that was one of the first bass lines I fucked with the. Do, 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 Warriors was a cover by Blitz. I know that was a cover, but I mean, um, the the seven inch who who was uh, uh, you know? Yeah, I wrote all those songs. Oh, that, those were used yeah. fully yeah. stuff. And and on the album, how much? Who was that? Was where were, you had a lot of writing on that? You Porcel? Who was the the riff had, guy on that record? I had some of them, and then Purcell had the majority. Mm -hmm. You know, once uh once. Once I had like told him, uh, showed him all these songs, and we recorded it. 
and then we wanted to make a full band. Then he started writing. Got you. And uh, I was like, I don't. We never had a conversation. We're like, dude, don't write no Youth of Today riffs. You know, it's not about. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just coming out with these fucking heavy, heavier shit. Yeah. So. To me, it was like that was best wishes, the straight edge version. You know, like. Oh man, and production wise, you motherfuckers yeah. came off. You know, you got, you know, I heard you talk about it before, but let, I want to hit that again. How many, because that's again, one, it's a classic studio. We never got to go there, you know, but I, you know, it was always a Normandy sound. Everybody was Normandy, yeah. Normandy, all that. How was that with you? Like, like, was it like, do you remember, like, what did, did it matter to you as a kid? Like, we're going to go do this at Normandy because as a kid, even before my, you know, I was in a band that did anything. I knew about the studio, and I was like, "Whoa, that's where the big dogs go." Yeah, you know. My thing was, we recorded a seven-inch at Dom Fury, and I loved it. Then we recorded a version of the of the twelve-inch at Chung King, and mm-hmm. it sucked. And I had a miserable time, and it sucked. And then, you know, those guys were always were like, "We're gonna go to Chung King. It's gonna be awesome." Danzig's there. This how all this other shit. And it sucked. So then when they were like, we're going to go to Normandy, this, that, and the other thing about, I was like, yeah, you know, you sold me this fucking bill of goods before with fucking Chunking. So I was, I wanted to go back to Don because I knew Don and Don knew that I was like this fucked up like introvert. So I could turn off all the fucking lights when I had to do vocals and shit. And and so they, but they want to do Normandy revelation with okay with it and shit. And then they go, and the first thing I hear is that uh, our bass player, Jimmy, at the time, you know, he was living at the uh, the Buddhist temple off Canal Street. Uh-huh. So it was getting harder and harder to, to get him to come out for shows. We'd have to, we, they, they had one phone downstairs. You had to hit a gong, right? You yeah. had to hit the gong. Yeah, you, you had to hope, you had to call, hope a guy spoke English, and then hope that guy would go find Jimmy for you. Wow. So it's getting hard and hard. Sometimes we just go there. Eventually, it's getting time to record this record, and he's just not coming. He's just not coming out of the temple. He's changed his life around. He's a Buddhist monk now, and that's 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 the path his life is on. Okay. So Purcell's like, I'll just I'll just do the bass. So he goes up to Normandy. They start doing it, and then Tom Soares, the engineer, he's like. He's like, they start doing bass lines. And he's like, what the fuck? He's like, you're, you're playing the bass like a guitar player. He's like, I'm, I'm shutting this whole thing down. You come back with a bass player. You're wasting our money. And wow. he fucking shuts everything down. Wow. Till we, get a, till we bring a fucking bass player. Because oh. Purcell's fucking playing the bass like a guitar. And uh, so they tell me, and now I'm just like, oh, this guy's like fucking, this guy's like way over my head. You know? Yeah. He's I, I, I'm a fucking put a microphone in the room, shut off the lights and let me scream. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, this is going to suck. So after they get, so I don't even go to any session while they record <laughs> the fucking tracks because I'm just all vibed out. Like this is like big, too big time for me. And uh, I guess they told Tom that I was like, had a short fuse and I, <laughs> but you should watch what you say to him. You know, not, so- not say not, not telling him like, Yo, he's fucking shy and introverted. And he wants to shut off the light. 
they were they were building me up. So when gotcha. I got there, Tom was like super, super <laughs> nice to me. <laughs> He's like, wow, that, out was, of way. that was a really good, that was a really good take. But you're thinking you're yeah, you guys, all of a sudden he had <laughs> like manners. That. He had manners. <laughs> so we put that shit together and it fucking worked out great. And I was happy. You know. That's and you remember how many days you you were in there? You were in there one day to do that, two days. To do the three vocals, days. I think I was there a couple of days. Yeah, I, I don't I don't remember. I know it wasn't like the Chung King where I was. They just press record and told me to sing all the songs like all fucking night long. Yeah, so in, in order. So by the time you get to the end of that record, you can hear my voice going. Ah, yeah. Like so, I so because I've 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 seen that I guess those recordings go for some good money, huh? Right? Because I seen that like the, yeah. I always used to hear the Chung King recordings, you know, and it's yeah. like became a thing like live at the Budokan, the yeah. Chung King recordings, and I was Crazy. like, you know, oh, so that's what it was because you had did this record and they got, oh yeah, it's fucking awful. Yeah, you I just, remember Youth of Today had just gone to Europe, and. uh Al Brown called me because I was back in Jersey and he's like, dude, I got a copy of the uh, Chung King record mix. You want to come hear it? So I went in to hear it, went to the apartment. He played it and dude, I was fucking crushed. It just sounded so bad. I, I, what, what was it though? Like what? Cause I never heard any of those. The drum, like, it just was dry. I not ballsy. Uh, the drum or what? sounded like cardboard boxes. Uh. The, nothing had any life to it. My mm. vocals were like shit and getting shittier as the night went on because we did it all in one night at like two in the morning because we, yeah. we couldn't afford that studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard you and had to our, do like crazy hours, right? To, oh, to yeah. make it happen. Our, our right? fucking, the engineer was like a, an apprentice during the day. Mm. So they gave him to us at night and he, he was like fucking, I don't know if he was smoking crack or what. <laughs> I do remember one, well, at one point he disappeared. We were like looking for him and he's in the carpet, like looking in the carpet for rock. Oh, Roxy yeah, yeah. Drop and shit. I'm like, oh, my God. You're like having a flashback. You're like, I've seen that before. I know <laughs> yeah. what you're looking for. You ain't looking for fucking extra tape, fucking four inch or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And, fucking... and, it, and, it, and it, it honestly sucked. And, uh, you know, we told Jordan. Jordan was like, Jordan had already paid for it. Mm. So he's like, I could try and come up with some money to re-record it. And then Purcell came up with the rest. Yeah. And then uh, Jordan was like, do you mind if I just make like a hundred or so copies and sell them, try to get some money back? And gotcha. And that so was called the Chum King can suck it. <laughs> and it was just supposed to be I like. I never even heard that. Now I like it even more. That's yeah. even better. So the record was called Chum King can suck it. <laughs> produced and engineered by he who can suck it. Uh, and uh, all this funny. shit. And um, yeah. years later, I see it sell on Discogs for like six grand. Yeah, ridiculous. Like, Do you fuck? now? Let me ask you: Did you have? Do you have any stored around there somewhere buried in the fucking in the I mountains? Had, I had two <laughs> that I gave away. One to that kid I told you about. He got all right. Made fun of it for Gazi. Uh huh. The other one, I don't know who I gave it to. Oh man! And then uh, years later. Years later, I didn't have any, but years later, I got into a little trouble, and Revelation sold one to uh, help me out. Oh no, that's dope. That that's why it's good to sit on those. It's like yeah. you know a bond. You that know, like you have that Revelation vault, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crack that shit. Revelation yeah. got a nice one. Let me ask you this: Who came up with the the hammers? Uh, that was me, because my favorite my favorite band, especially at that time, were the Cockney Rejects. All right. And so that that. Cockney Rejects record, Power and the Glory, mm -hmm. 
was like a torch with those hammers. Got you. And uh, so we just took the torch away and the banners and just stuck with the hammers. Yeah. So it, it's it's their hammers, like that that when we played in when we played with Madball in whatever country I don't even remember. Yeah, we were in Europe somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, Cockney Rears were playing. It was the first time I got to see him, so I was like. I came up with it. I was like, hey, man, I stole your hammers like 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Because kind of like the West Ham hammers yeah. and shit. Yeah, no fucking. Those dudes are great. Like, yeah, yeah. I forgot great. they played that day. I forgot that day. Yeah, it was the... a good time. Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. And fucking, um, I remember what it, And judge before and now doing these shows that you did later on from the first, like, all right, you record the record. And before you guys, um, whatever you want to call it, went back. To the mountains and hiatus or whatever. How many shows you think you did before you disappeared again? Before this comeback or whatever you want to call it, this resurgence? Uh, we did like one. We did a bunch of like West Coast and East Coast shit and then one full tour for bringing it down. Okay, so you did like, let's say you were around, you did a couple of months of touring in yeah. total. But yeah. that's still nothing for what, you know, what you guys ended up like, you know. Yeah, leaving your stamp. I on. mean, I, I wish I could have fucking stuck it out, but there was like so much pressure at home because yeah. I just it was just getting harder because my whole life was get a job until it's time to go on tour, lose the job, go on tour, come home, try and get another job. It was just it was just harder and harder to find places to live and shit. Yeah, and then that break down the walls tour was like kind of fucking hard. Where, shit broke you down. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like so much shit going wall. on. Yeah, yeah, I hear like you. Fucking, you know, I mean, it started off great, like going out to California, you know, up north and shit, and then Gap, California, where it's the first sign of like, you know, fucking this Nazi wanting to stab me and shit. Yeah, but there yeah. were all these people there. All my friends were there. Like, I had all these friends who was like stationed down at, you know, at the Marine uh, mm -hmm. barracks and shit. So they come up. So I was surrounded by like creating that people so it didn't affect me too much then going down back home it was getting worse and worse and then we get you know we get pulled over by cops in fucking tennessee who's cops just like it. spitting on me and shit yeah. spitting tobacco on me you know, he's me had enough. Was enough yeah and then we get out to tampa and then all these fucking skinheads want to kill me again i, was just like, <laughs> yeah. I, I like, know you're like fuck, man yeah what the fuck's going on i hear Meanwhile, you I hear. you know like everybody thinks like judges like this fucking powerhouse unit i mean it was me our roadie sammy was like fucking 14 15 years old and like 10 pounds that was 14 15 years old yeah like, exactly i and know Purcell's, you mean i know Purcell's like got his shirt off getting a suntan somewhere yeah, yeah i know you mean like, i know you mean yeah yeah so basically yeah you yeah <laughs> it was just me and my friend todd what, what you needed is like the kids now now these you got these Straight oh, yeah. edge warrior. Now they're all like MMA fighters. Right now, you would have right? been fucking chilling. Forget yeah. it. And then fucking um, yeah. Now it was crazy. And then you have the was the now. Let me ask you the black and blue. Was that your first show back ish, or was there something before that somewhere? No, that black and blue show was the first show. That was the first one back because that's how I remembered it. Because I was like, because I would have known. Because I I, I want to say. I saw you guys. You guys did a a a a, a, a Super Bowl back in the day, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I was there. I remember that was probably the last time I saw you guys. Was that yeah. I, that was I that saw the first you guys. Super Bowl? I'm not even sure. Maybe it was either one or two. 
but I rem I, but I remember because I was like, wait, I remember seeing you with a bunch of bands like 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 that. Because I, I, and I know that you played a handful of times, and I would have yeah. caught it. You know what I mean? Because I remember that record went around all the fellas hard, so we would have went. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. that black and blue show was fucking. Oh, forget it. I was gonna say, not on, like that. So there's there's for me there's two highlights in all the black and blues. And the highlights were mainly not just because or saying my favorite bands, but where I was like, it lived up to the hype. Like Gorilla Biscuits was great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Went nuts. All that. But you I, I put it with you guys and burn because you guys not it was sick how much you sounded like the album. Cause I wanted to again, I wanted to nitpick, not to hate, just because I'm a fucking I'm a sound guy, not a sound guy, but I'm always like, let's see what they can do. Oh, they're going to have to come off. Yo, to pull that shit off, you got to be tight. You know, I'm all about being tight and being a machine. And I was like, these motherfuckers, not only is it tight, it sounds like the album, the tones, whoever, not just the playing, your sound guy, the playing, the tones, everything about it. I was like, you motherfuckers murdered it that night. And I don't go by just the crowd going off because that's bullshit to me. Because you any new band that's popping, you put them in front of that, people are going to go nuts. That don't mean shit. Now, I want to see, all right, they're going nuts. Now, I'm listening, I'm watching, and I was like, fuck, man. You guys sounded ridiculous. How much rehearsing you guys did before that? That's what I want to know. If We rehearsed a lot. It was. I remember at one point, at one point, we had a different bass player. And I remember, uh, I remember Cuz, he, he, he called me up. He's like, can I stop in at a, at a rehearsal and check you guys out? And uh, we, I think we kind of already knew that this bass player wasn't working out and shit. And then Cuz came to watch it, and then he was just like, you know, this is a big deal, dude. I don't know if you're fucking. So yeah. that's that's where, and then Matt, the original bass player, is like, I would like to do it. I didn't think he would like to do it. It's my bad Got that it. I didn't even ask him, but I just thought. Where he's at in life, he yeah. wouldn't want to do it. And I wow. didn't want to put him on the spot. Yeah, yeah, like, no, I know. So, then, so when Matt comes back and see, there's this thing about Matt's bass sound is like the judge bass sound. Yeah. He uses his fucking sand sand, and that's where the sound comes from. So when yeah. he plugged that in and he started doing the bass line, I was like, oh, that's the record. Yeah. Yeah. All I right. was like, Everything sounded though. Everything was fucking tight. And now let me ask you this because you were out of it for a while. And you were you were on point. Now, when you were rehearsing that, were you going off you know, trying to go off as much as possible to see like because I you know, being a singer, now you gotta run around, you're playing a big show, it's your first time back. I know you're thinking, yo, we gotta come off. Now, like, uh, on the rehearsals, are you, like, trying to go all out to see, like, wow, I got to pull out a... How long was the set? 40-minute set or something or whatever it was? I don't even know. But, like, we how did, did you feel going into that? Like, you, well, obviously, you rehearsed a lot. So you felt confident as far as delivery-wise besides the nerves? I wouldn't say I was confident at all. <laughs> I mean, we rehearsed and we rehearsed and shit, but... I still, you know, from when I was a little kid till now, I just don't like being the center of attention. Yeah. yeah. And, and when that happens, my mind 
fucking does shit to me. And yeah. So I was like, just please don't let me forget lyrics. Please don't let me do this. Don't let me do that. And all these things kept like when when I was like, the whole deal was I went when I seen Gorilla Biscuits a year before, and you know they do New York Crew. Siv comes up, he's like, come out on stage and sing New York Crew for me. Yeah. And I was like, fuck no, it's a fucking look how many people are out there. I ain't fucking doing that. Yeah. And, but so they played New York Crew, and and, and I, I was like, honestly, felt like a little bit of jealousy. I was like, I wish I could do that. Yeah. You know? So I go home, and I'm just like constantly thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? Let me just fucking see. And I call, I call cousin Joe, and I'm just like, hey, if Judge got back together, could we play next year's Black and Blue? Oh, fuck like, yeah. That's when he busted in his pants right there. So <laughs> I, I didn't think it'd be like headlining or anything. I just wanted to. Joe play again you know and uh so as things are going on and shit and they do the radio show back then and shit all the shit's going on yeah and then it turns out judge's headline i'm like are you sure because I, I it would suck if people walked out like, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, tell me about it shit and then like another show gets added and i'm just like maybe there's a lot of pressure here now i'm starting to feel it you know on our side we know we kind of know because people were waiting but we were like even when they're like yo they're coming we're like Word, like, cause you know, everybody kind of talks about, you know, every year, who could it be? You know, everybody throws their two cents and like, you know, the, like, no way that's going to happen. You know, it's like certain things you're like, oh, no, no, like, yo, they got it. So I wasn't surprised, but when it moved so fast, I, I guess surprised, but more like, oh shit. No, I, I thought so. You know, I, 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 it feels like I shouldn't be surprised, but I was surprised cause I was like, yo, I'm glad because that's what it should be. You know, the same thing with Burn. Like I said, you guys and Burn were my two that I were like, fuck, man. They lived up to the hype. Not that the GB didn't, but, you know, GB's GB. They, they've been doing, to me, they've been kind of doing it here and there anyway. I don't know. I feel like, you know, I've seen Siv always. So yeah. they're always in my radar in a way. So, but with you guys, it wasn't that till then. And it was perfect. And the same thing with the Burn. And fucking, um, you went out West Coast when you did that comeback, right? Yeah. That. How was all right? Did Judge go to the West Coast in the past, back in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was where did you get guys got love out there in the West oh, Coast? Yeah. And how was it on the comeback? Same, same deal. Same it's still just good. a big place. It was yeah. great. Yeah, that's. I good mean, no, nothing will ever, nothing will ever come close to, to that B and B. Yeah. Like that B and B show, like nothing yeah. will ever touch it. I remember. Like I'd never been to Europe before until we got back together. Yeah. And so they're like, our first trip to Europe, they're like telling me like, I know you get fucked up with big crowds. You're gonna play festivals. This is gonna be fucked up for you. You're gonna do. So um, so I'm like, I'm like, inside, I'm just like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then we get to the festival, and I don't know what it is about those big festivals, but I just didn't. I felt so detached from it all. It's what it is. It's all and everybody. It's, and, and so the big crowd, it didn't phase me because I was like, what, a quarter of these people are here to see fucking Judge? Gotcha. Every, I know what you mean. All these, mother, all these motherfuckers are cheering for no effects are going to fucking, they don't give a fuck about us. So I, I, like, know it you mean, matter yeah, I know you mean. I know you mean. When they're there for you, you like, yo, you don't want to let them down. Yeah. So you that B&B &B show was like. They're here for you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I better not fuck this up. Yeah. No, <laughs> but trust me, I was like, bro. All honesty, and the fucking God, Krishna, whoever. 
right before that fucking right when that intro for Judge was playing and those guys walked out and they left me there, I was like, well, I just walk up these stairs, grab my wife, fucking get back to Jersey, and do another one, disappear for a bunch of years, never see me again, another thirty years off, shit. No, I know, like you know. I could imagine, you know, like I get like that and we play, you know, and I still get sometimes you're like, you know, when you don't play a while, that, that, that feeling and let alone you have to be a singer, let alone of a band that everybody's already putting up there and then you want to come off and you guys were known. It's it's one thing to be like, um, all right, um, uh, name whatever, some old school crazy punk rock band comes back. All right, you're going for the craziness. When you see a band like Judge, it's like, see, imagine seeing Metallica sloppy. No, you know, you're going to see yeah. it got to be tight. It got to be. It's more than just the, the 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 vibe in the room. It's the vibe is the sound. It's the look. You know, there's certain yeah, yeah. bands that it needs that, you know, same thing with Mad Bull. We need those same elements. We need to be tight. Our looks just don't carry us, you know, and our playing has to be tight as fuck. So we stick out. <laughs> and that's our thing, you know, to not, you know, some guys don't have to be tight. They could be wild and they get the message across. You know, yeah. it's like whatever. And fucking um, and since then, I know people must have I, I, I approached you, collabs, anything, anybody fucking came at you for any collabs or anything like that. They must have. No. 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 Well, we're gonna have to we're gonna we're gonna have to fix that. We're gonna have to <laughs> fix that. You heard it if really I would be right away, I would be like, yo, we gotta get this motherfucker on a track right away i'm surprised yeah you see that i think somebody did but they're in europe and i would have oh yeah yeah it was a little great and um what's the well now the world is opening up and i don't even know what's the deal we were supposed to go to europe it got canceled i don't even know what's the deal whatever whatever what's up with judge now what's what's i know you guys kind of leave it always and it's smart you kind of let it just be and then you can pick up whenever you need to pick up if you choose to and it's how it should be in a way. It's yeah. I mean, now I'm up here in Albany. I'm working at work merch now. Fucking yeah. really love it here. Yeah, dope. And being up here with Steve and Kate, I fucking love those guys. I break yeah. my neck fucking four times for those guys. That's yeah, yeah. Shout out to them. And I want you to pass the message. Steve, I, I, I'm chased two people only. Uta and Steve. I want them on the motherfucking smoking word. I'm going to keep chasing. You tell Steve I'm looking for him. <laughs> I tell K2. But shout out to Steve, Equal Vision, the whole fam up there, Kate and everybody. But uh, but yeah, you were saying, yeah. Oh, so you, you know, I know you've been working. I know um, they're, they're great, man. You know, like, yeah. Also, what they've done. That's why I like, I wanted to get Steve also. You know, like, there's people that talk about it and there's people that be about it. Yeah, that's the truth, brother. That's you know, the truth. There's uh, there's people who fucking post a lot of shit about join me on my spiritual path. Yeah, exactly. And they're pretty fucking fake. Exactly, exactly. And then there's people like these guys who don't do that shit. They just, they just help. Exactly. And I always knew that from early on, especially with Steve, because I know because people never, even back then, would even associate them and the, the whole Equal Vision family with all of the mad balls and the scarheads and the crown of thorns, but Steve helped us ease that out a lot. He helped us all a lot. Like, you know, he, Oh, yeah. and he's, he, he don't put it out there. He never, he's so, I, that's why I want him. I, I feel like I want motherfuckers to know who the fuck he is because yeah. to me, he's important 
to this whole thing because people got to learn to see how this thing works and it ain't just about like this is a motherfucker who don't got to help nobody until this yeah. day is helping people because he don't have to just you know he don't write just write a, a lyric he doesn't just put a t-shirt on or take a picture pointing his finger saying this is you know positive this positive that you know he's been putting it in motion for many years and i know that you yeah. know i mean he the way like you, you, that like merch now is just like this super huge business right and then like he'll bend over backwards for like hardcore you know and and like especially like there, i remember there was like a kid who got a job there and he was like and he's young and we find out he's got like judge hammers on both arms you know and uh and was, he's like the straight edge kid and fucking it was just like the coolest thing to him that this young straight edge kid's working on yeah. it was funny because you know uh mike mike madball he's fucking he comes walking in with the kid because he's got to go tell him this this lady something and as he's walking by mike just takes the kid and goes check this kid out <laughs> he shows him the judge he shows him judge hammers and i was like are those judge hammers and the kid's like yeah i got two of them uh, yeah <laughs> but it's just like it's, it's great like no big business but he still likes the whole like absolutely and it ain't and he doesn't do it again because oh let me be the guy from the big business who's a hardcore guy do it because this. no he doesn't and he doesn't i know he doesn't look like he don't do it for the the props i know he doesn't because i know i see i'm i'm i look at people from behind them so they don't see me looking at them yeah that's the difference because i look at motherfuckers in their face but then when they ain't looking i'm looking so yeah. I know what people do because that's I always I'm a people person. I like seeing how people work because I know there's a lot of fake motherfuckers, too, and, and right. all sides. And I always liked how he moved and I liked what he did. And again, especially during some of the toughest times and the world's fucking in our world, you know, in our lives, period, you know, lives changed. And there was people that. It was time to be about it. People that were able to help people and that did it without expecting a, hey, look what I did. Look what yeah. I did. Hey, everybody, yeah. I helped these out. Cause, yeah, because you shout me out. None of that shit. And right. and and I, when people are like that, I make it my job to be, nah, fuck that. You better get those props. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I, because. I was the same way, man. I, for years, I used to fucking be like, look at all these fucking fake prophets, fake guru motherfuckers. Yeah, shit. you know. And then I come up here, man, see how these guys are, and they're the real deal, man. Exactly. And shout out to them. I put my faith back in all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And that's good. That's what I'm saying. And like, same thing with me. Like, I got, you know, again, it, you know, that shit gets you like, yeah, it gives you gas in your tank. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I see, same thing with me. Look at, I do my own merch or whatever. I look at him, I look at him as a, as a mentor and I don't talk to him about the business, but I seen, I know he's a hardcore dude and I know that guy works 28 hours, eight days a week. Yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. Cause I ask and I want to know how grinders work because I'm fascinated. Cause that's what I try to strive for. And yeah. I see what he does. He's the only guy who does merch that I root for besides myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's his a shout out to fucking Steve and Kane, all of them. But, um, but what's up with Judge? Anything? Are we going to get anything new ever again? Something new? Or besides the collab you do with me when we get that set up? What, what's going to be? We were like, 
we talked about new stuff. We wrote riffs and shit. I don't know. Just didn't. You guys didn't wasn't feeling it. Uh, seem. I mean, I had words, but the I don't know. You wasn't it's, there yet. Nah. But is it I all think, right? I think I we have to be together. Got you. So it's not. I want to say this. So there's still hope, though, right? I would love it. <laughs> all right. But I can't. Right. I, I can't. Like, I don't know. Like, it sounded like. It sounded like metal, trying to be metal. Where got you, we got never you. tried to be metal. We just tried to be dirty and heavy. Hard, yeah, yeah. Got you. Know? you. And uh, I don't know. Oh, let's see. You think it feels a little too forced at the moment? You think maybe, right? And also, I'm like, you know, I've done. I I'm a self-admitted, you know, fuck up. I've done many many things wrong in my life. <laughs> One thing I've done right. One of the things I've done right is judge, and I fucking want to protect that. There you go. Judge has given me a lot. Yeah. I'm like, where I come from, guy, where I, like, where I grew up and in the situation I grew up, I don't, guys like me don't get to go to Sweden. Yeah, fucking, yeah, for sure. You know, same thing. I know. Shake my ass on fucking stages in fucking Holland and shit. Yeah. Or and I would never be able to take my wife there. Without yeah. judge, you know, yeah. so that's that's a special thing to me. Yeah, I can't a, I can't fuck that up, brother. Can't pimp it. Nah, that's great, man. That's good. I, I'm the same way, and, and and that's how I respect my shit too. Like I, I respect it like that. Like like nah, man. That's like you know you wear your inside out with stuff like that. Some people. That's how I am with my band too. Like that's literally you looking at me flipped inside out. So yeah. like it's like right. I hold that shit like from every everything from how every word is played from every. Yeah, how the album is looked, how I really take a lot of fucking that because you know, again, we representing ourselves. This is us. We showing our, yeah. you know, you show your skin with it. So I, I, I respect that, but we would like to hear fucking some new music too. Also, I would so. too, because I got things to say. But it has to, <laughs> it has it has to, to make to sense. Right. Now let it me ask you this. Okay, right. right now, what's in your and well, you probably have a tape player. I don't know what you got up there in the mountains. <laughs> what you got in your sonograph or whatever. What are you listening to lately? The last couple of weeks, like what are you listening to? Anything, whatever it is. What's it, what's in the in your in your car? What's in your whatever you you're listening through? Ah, that's fucked up, bro. <laughs> that, that whatever it is, right now the last the last thing you heard in your car or whatever that you chose to put on besides the radio? Well, last night I heard uh, last night I listened to Bob Dylan. Okay, there you go. So yeah, you've been rocking. Because I heard uh, I heard on a radio where people were dissecting. uh, It's all over now, baby blue. What what that song meant to them. So I listened to that record because I remember. And, and, And let me ask you, what is it about that song that everybody's dissecting? What they're claiming it says? Uh, well, they're saying it's like. It's like a, a lady fucking coming to terms with dying and shit. Oh. But, I, but it reminded me of a line because, you know, if you watch what's going on in Ukraine and shit with everything that's going on, and there's a line in that song where he says, yonder stand your orphan with a gun, mm. <laughs> Cry, crying like a fire in the sun. And I, with the imagery I'm seeing, it's, it's just like, it just, it just hit me in a weird way. Yeah. So you're you know, like, it's a you fucking know. sad world out there, brother. Oh, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it is, is a so crazy sad. world. It's a fucking real sad world. I, I'm more sad in people. 
Like, yeah. you know, like I, I, I'm let down by certain people. I mean, obviously yeah. it's fucked up shit, but I'm even let down by certain people that letting, they're letting the fucking, um, I don't, I, I don't keep, I, on this shit, I don't get into religion. I got my own, you know, my own beliefs. I don't get into politics or whatever, but I think, um, too many people are letting the forces that be control them, even though they're thinking they're not getting yeah. controlled on both sides and all sides. And that's why I love and I take pride in my podcast and, and everything I'm doing, because um, this is the voice, not, not just me, anybody who's on, on a podcast or has anything like this. People like Steve, you know, we are still in touch with what's going on with our culture. And we still, uh, we, we, you know, nobody tells us what the fuck to say. You know, the minute that happens, I don't do this. And nobody tells me what the fuck to say. Yeah. Nobody. But right. that's why it's still, uh, we are one of the media, now it's media, whatever the word you want to use, you know, these are the formats where you're hearing it from the people still, you know, in real time with no bullshit. There ain't no agenda, but spreading the word. I, my whole shit is this. I say it as a joke, but I say it every time I say it, I swear it goes, it gets etched in my skin even deeper i said i won't stop this shit till stigma's in the rock and roll hall of fame <laughs> you know and it started as a joke but i really fucking mean that meaning all those guys because we could have all these other motherfuckers in there yet you know the the, the metallicas and shout out to all those guys or whatever but those guys were listening to agnostic front those guys were listening to the chromax to fucking um murphy's law you know they, they, you know, we should, they should be right. They put, hey, yeah, how many records the Ramones put out and how many records Agnostic Front put out? That's the fuck yeah. I'm saying. Um, I don't know, Keith Richards, I hear you, Keith Richards, but Stigma's fucking out there right now doing a hundred albums. He's probably in a backstage act on the, right now, drinking a beer, chasing a girl, and gonna hit stage and fucking wild out for an hour with no masseuse. With no caviar, with no a blood transfusion in the back, you know what I mean? Yeah. We, you know, we are blessed to be seen. Um, where, uh, who's writing the, who's setting the bar for how far we could take this shit? Because people used to, you know, this people used to take punk rock hardcore as some little kid shit. Well, guess what? Stigma's yeah. fucking how old? How old is Roger? How old is Jimmy? And these motherfuckers just came on tour. I'm home. You're home, and they're on tour. The older guy. I seen a video last night of fucking Vinny playing guitar on the dance floor with like a circle pit going around. Like, exactly. Come on, man. Exactly. Fucking, Ex come on. Well, I got goosebumps before Roger just posted <laughs> Stigma doing karaoke singing my way. I almost yeah. cried. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I almost cried and I even wrote to Roger and said, thank you for reminding me why I do this shit. I see that and I get fucking... You know, stigma guy than a motherfucker. Yeah. This is Wait. this, is, no, this is my thing about this is my thing about Vinny. Like I met Vinny when I was really young, right? And uh so granted I was like there was a bunch of us from Jersey who were fucking running wild, you know, because we were it was like a free for all down there. Yeah. Early eighties. We were oblivious to like how fucking dangerous it was. We we were fucking we thought we were bulletproof. We didn't care. And uh so I remember like it would get too late and shit. I'd, I'd crash at apartment X was this apartment on Norfolk, Norfolk street. You know, I think John Watson may have had, I don't know whose apartment it was, but, uh, I remember one night everybody's crashing out and, and everybody's smoking dust. <laughs> you know, it's like, Crazy oh, fuck. so I'm just like, fucking, this is, this is fucking nuts. Right. And, uh, 
So Roger's got his van outside, so he tells me to fucking, I can hang out in the van, crash in the van. So I crash in Roger's van. Next fucking morning, which was a school morning, but I was blowing off school, right? <laughs> fucking Vinny comes walking up, talk to Roger. I come out of the van. He's like, hey, what's the kid doing here? He's like, oh, he slept in the van because people were partying. And Vinny goes, he slept in the van on a school night. And I was like, that was the fucking most parroting I've, parenting yeah. I've had in my whole motherfucking <laughs> yeah. lifetime, bro. Right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else? Another fucking memory of Vinny is Death Before Dishonor playing CBGBs, right? And Vinny fucking loved us. He'd always go off for us and shit. We just start playing. He puts his foot on the stage and jumps up and hits his head on the monitor. <laughs> you ever see that scar yeah. he's got like that? Yeah, I know that story. I know that story. That was that was like during our first song. We're like, holy shit, we just killed Vinny. Ah, uh, wow, fucking you heads got, like split wide. That's open history shit. right there. That's like fucking yeah. like you got a, you got like a uh, something carved in on um, Stonehenge. And you got this freaking stigma's head. My 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 stigma fucking moment. Dynamo ninety five, hundred thousand people, biggest show to date. We're like, holy shit! You know, we're, we're coming, we're playing in front of a hundred people the night, two hundred people the night before. Now we're in front of these fucking thing. We're on stage. You know, my cord doesn't even reach the mic. That's how crazy it is. And I'm standing there, and the intro's going on. And Stigma's right next to me, and I hear, we're waiting to go on. And Stigma walks up to the front of the stage, and everybody, ah, I'm like, hold, oh, I've never seen anything like this. Stigma walks right back to me, the intro's playing, and I'm like, got the biggest heart on. I'm like, yo, this is it. Like, yo, I, you know, this is the ultimate feeling. He looks at me. First, he burps and blows it over his shoulder in typical <laughs> Stigma fashion. Then he looks at me, perfect timing. He goes, it's all downhill from here, kid. Did you hear? <laughs> we don't fake it. We just take it. And I'm like, oh, and then this, we start the song, but I went, like, he just ruined my moment and made it <laughs> so classic at the same time. And I'm like, I wa I've watched that Dynamo video like oh, fucking 8 million times. Oh, man. That, that's a nightmare for me that day. If I could redo any day in my life, is that day. It's classic for the wildness but everything that could go wrong you know what they should do in college have a course on what not to do at a festival and show that <laughs> set be like this is what could happen you're gonna fall off the stage you're miking your court ain't gonna reach the mic stand stigma's gonna say some wild shit well, anyway whatever but uh <laughs> yeah but shout out to stigma and shout out to everybody good your mic i'm glad i was able to finally get you on i've been again i've been wanting to get you on for a while but i i was waiting to you know, to, so you fizzled out so I could get you fresh back. See, I knew that, bro. I knew you can ask fucking Kate. Oh, because, yeah. Because Kate did a fucking podcast, right? Yeah. Just last week or some shit. And it was about coffee or something. And she was like, <laughs> she told these guys, like, Mike Judge is really in coffee. He's all like fucking, you know, fucking crazy about how he makes coffee. You should do it. So they hit me up out of the blue so i don't know they hit me up out of the blue yeah we're a, a hardcore and coffee podcast so i see kate the next day at merch now and she's like and i'm like so what's that podcast about they asked me she's like you should do it and i go truthfully kate i feel like every podcast i do is one step further away from fucking Hoyas podcast so i can't fucking say nothing she's like all right i'm gonna hook that up i was like kate don't you say nothing no, promise me you're not gonna say it. and then the next day you fucking 
Listen, no. I, listen, I've been wanting to get you a while ago, but what happened was, you know, you everybody, you know, you're doing your thing, so it's coming. So I try to, okay, let me, same thing with like certain people, they come on too much, and you know, we're very like the, the you know, if it's um, us, the you know, um, um, uh, post America, shout out to all the fam, you know, uh, uh, Joe, we're all very tight knit circle, so it kind of makes his rounds, and it's like kind of, I let things. You know, sometimes things get too saturated. One person, I let it die out. But I've been wanting to get you for a minute. I even Kate knows. I've been telling, I'm gonna get him. And even Mikey, I was like, and then they're like, he'll do it. He's dead. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. And I was like, let me try to get him now. Cause, by the way, you're the first, my first guest on my new platform. As you see, we stepped up the fucking, I stepped up the whole set and everything. So I'm glad yeah. you were able to pop the cherry on the on the new set, Mike. This is like uh professional looking you know i'm trying to like again our world needs the platform that the metal guys have even the punk rockers guys have because you know a lot of them are based out of the west coast and they just had i don't not on some hate shit but they had more access to more tools to be able to do things on a bigger level but there's no machine behind me but we want to do shit new york style where DIY, but I call it fly DIY because we take pride in how we do it. We can make it look like the big boys. We take pride in it, and it's done by us. Our people have, you know, the set is done by family. The you know our logos by fam. We got great gifted people in our in our world, artists oh, yeah. that like why go anywhere else? You know, yeah. so I'm like, you know, so I'm glad. Shout out to everybody who's been supporting the Smoking Word to be able to make all this happen. My Patreon family, Mike. I'm glad I was able to catch you. Anything you want to let the people know before we get out of here? I'm good, bro. Listen, judge, be a body. Go get that shit. Fuck the chunking metal fucking sessions or whatever. But um, <laughs> um, look out for the collab. I'm going to work on something. And Mike, you heard it here first. You're going to get a call. The random bat signal. You don't know. We're going to need some vocals. All right. I'll so, be here. But yo, one love. I'm glad you were able to do it, brother. I'll let you know when this drops. Okay, man. I All right, man. It. Yo, we out. Wait, 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 wait.